Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. He's on the Service Master by Cornerstone phone line. It is Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, Full in Love by the Beltones, the um, first um, sort of minor hit of Satellite Records, which would then become Fax Records. Um, and so set the course for what would become one of the major enterprises in Memphis and in American pop music. The founder of that label, um, Jim Stewart, died uh, this week, yesterday morning, I think, um, age 92. Uh, I'm going to ask you about that in just a moment. Before I do, uh, two things. One is, did you watch Cheers? Yes. You did? Like, was it, was it, were you like a regular Thursday night? What it was Seinfeld, Cheers, all those were on that NBC on Thursday night, right? Must see TV Thursday. Well, I mean, those, yeah. those are different, those are different eras. Are they? Um, Seinfeld in the 90s, Cheers in the 80s. Cheers oh. was on the block with like the Cosby Show and Family Ties and Night Court. And that was, was emergency? Thursday night in the 1980s was those four sitcoms together. I, I do remember uh, that well. I see. All right. And did you go to Oak Court Mall? Were you a shopper at Oak Court Mall? It's getting foreclosure. I mean, I, did, I didn't move to Memphis like full time until I was like in tenth grade, and I was never like a mall kid. That's not right. really not really my jam. So I've certainly been to Oak Court, but I'd never like hung out at the mall, any mall really. Okay. Um, Jim Stewart, as you point out, how are those how are those two things related to each other? Well, they're 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 in the news, and you could argue that they both Kirstie Alley and the mall both let themselves go a little bit, uh, but that's a that's a stretch. It's just things happen. Things right. they, they, they both breaking news today or whatever. N- n- things in the news yeah. today. Kirstie I, Alley. I, I, I don't. I, I don't think of. I don't think of Kirstie Alley and Cheers. She, she sure I came on late, but I'm definitely a Sam and Diane kind of guy. Really? I, I, is that surprising? Who was, I think who was there longer? Classic Cheers is Shelley Long and the Shelley Long era didn't, is pretty clearly the classic era of Cheers. Didn't Kirstie Alley replace Shelley? Like, oh, no, like, she one hundred percent. She one hundred percent replaced Shelley. And GP and I were just talking about this. I think she was more popular than Shelley Long. Shelley Long was sort of designed to be an irritant. Like she was. That was she was a and and Kirstie was this sort of. Slightly bawdier, wise-assing. I think people liked Shelley Kirstie Alley more than Shelley Long. I mean, I, I don't know about liking one actress right. or the other or one character or the other, but in terms of what era of the show is like the classic era, when you think of Cheers, this is what Cheers means, I think that's a bizarre opinion to think it's the Kirstie Alley <laughs> era. Okay. Um, do – it was uh, – who was the old guy? Coach. Coach or Woody? Coach. You're, yep. you're a coach, not a Woody. Is that right? guy i mean coach and woody are like you know it's like you know laurel and hardy Abbott and costello type situation they sort of go together 
But wait, aren't, weren't they? Didn't one replace the other? Didn't didn't didn't? When did Woody come there, on? There was there was there was overlap. There was overlap. Remember, there. they were pen pals, and they didn't exchange letters. They just exchanged pens. That was the big joke. I remember that. Oh, I see. Um, I if thought, I remember correctly, I mean, it's been a long time. I've never done a Cheers rewatch. Right. Um, what was the, I mean, the, yeah, there, there are like, so the mash to go, did you watch mash? Like there it was. Who's, who, yeah. More and more in reruns. Like I remember the final episode of mash when it happened, but that was like, you know, I, I sort of, in terms of being aware of the show in its actual existence, that was like the very, very end for me. It was more of a thing in reruns. Right. It went from Trapper John to BJ Honeycutt. That was the big transition there. It was Trapper John to BJ Honeycutt. Then it was, uh, yeah, Shelley Long to Kirstie Alley. I find it shocking, just like I did with Christine McVie, that she died at a relatively old age. I mean, young, 71 is like a little, you know, you didn't get your full measure, but pretty good. And uh, I'm always startled that how the hell did she become a grandmother? But I guess time does pass. Anyway, uh, speaking of, you wrote about Jim Stewart. Um, and I was, I, I, the, the things I don't know, it's really remarkable to me. I didn't even know where Stax got its name. Tell, tell me the story. Tell the people the story of Stax, the founding of Stax. So Stax is, um, the name Stax comes from Jim Stewart, the ST and his sister Estelle Axton, the AX. Um, Jim Stewart was a, a banker, worked for a bank and was a country fiddle player, in Memphis and that sort of mid-50s hothouse music scene of Memphis in the 50s, and sort of was trying to follow in the footsteps of Sam Phillips, who had Sun Records, <clears throat> excuse me, at the time, and started a record label, a little record label called Satellite Records with the aim to put out, you know, country and hillbilly records, rockabilly records, that kind of stuff, because they got music that he played. And um, sort of the reverse Sam Phillips, so Sam Phillips started out recording blues records and then found his commercial success doing, you know, white, you know, rockabilly you know, country-oriented, more artist. Um, and what sort of went the other way with Jim Stewart. He started int- intending to, to do more of the Sam Phillips style, but found his success recording black artists. Um, you know, that Beltone's record I played was the first sort of minor hit, but the first real hit was Because I Love You, a duet between Rufus Thomas and his then, I think, 16-year-old daughter, Carla, which became a big hit and sort of got the label connected to Atlantic Records where they got a distribution deal. And then it sort of went from there. Um it was Satellite Records initially. Um, Faxton like mortgaged her house to invest and became a partner in, in, in the label. That's when they bought the movie, an old movie theater in South Memphis on Macklemore Avenue that they converted into their, their studio and label and record shop. And then they had legal issues. They didn't change the name because she came in, but soon after she came in, they had legal issues with another Satellite Records somewhere else in the country, so they changed it to Stax Records, and the rest is history. Is there any relationship between Sun Records, Sun Studio, and Stax? What do you mean by relationship? Well, 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 I mean, well, they're, they're both, they're, they're they're both independent just Memphis. labels and studios in the right. city of Memphis. That's it. Okay, yeah. There was no yeah. no connection other other beyond that. They they also overlapped. Right. Why did Stax ultimately go belly up? That's 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 a really complicated. Thing. There's whole books about this. I, I, it was. It was it was a forced bankruptcy. It was <clears throat> by whatever bank you know held their debt in the mid seventies, and it, it was like a complicated thing. And I, I can't really, right. I don't know it well to synopsize right. it, you know, in, in thirty okay. seconds. You also talked about how the in you you wrote about how their the racial dynamics there was complexity in the racial dynamics 
uh, at Stacks. What does that mean? Well, I think I mean I didn't want to get down a wormhole, it was right. a, but I also didn't want to like just parrot the like you know the boosterism stuff. Right. Um, it, I mean, it's like so many other things. There was a time where we saw things one way, and then we started to see things a little bit more clearly. Um, the story that Memphis likes to tell itself, or has liked to tell right. itself, is that um, Stax was the oasis where black artists and oh. white artists came together in harmony to create great art in defiance of, uh, of the segregated city. And there's a lot of truth to that. But, like, it wasn't without its own power dynamics and right. its own resentments and its own personal complications that I think people have been more willing to talk about in the last 10, 15 years than they were, you know. Right. 30 years ago. Uh, and then finally on this topic, um, so Stax was ultimately closed down, and then the building was torn down, right? Yeah, torn down in like, I don't know, 89, 90, something like right. that, 91. How does one... I mean, <laughs> I hit you with questions <laughs> that are totally out of the blue every show, so I appreciate your forbearance. But how does one process... There was obviously when it was torn down... There were people who said, listen, there's no point in having this around anymore, and uh, there's no commercially viable solution. And the same things that they say now about the Mid-South Coliseum. How does one sort through which things are should be torn down and which things shouldn't be torn down? How, how, like, and, and you ultimately lament. People do lament that Stax was torn down, right? Yeah, I think it's a case-by-case basis. And, like, you know... Uh, right and percent wrong on your judgment calls on a case-by-case basis. My thing with the Coliseum is that it is so enormous and so specific. Like, you know, the idea that, I mean, the SAC was just like an old movie theater building. Like, it could could have been a thousand things, including the the museum and academy that it is right now. Um, It also could have, again, also could have reopened as a a record label, frankly. You know, it could have been an active music studio. People could have still been cutting records in that same studio space. Um, You know, a lot of you know, if you look at something like Crosstown Concourse, so people will point to that and say, you know, if that could be done, then the Coliseum could be done. Well, guess what? That The Crosstown Concourse thing has been done like eight times. There's like eight right. identical buildings, like literally identical buildings around Sears the country. Buildings. I think they, all of them. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, yes. and, and like they've all, I mean, I, I've been to the one in um, the Twin Cities many times. Um, they've all been redone in a similar fashion. Like, let's put some apartments and condos up top, and let's put mixed-use stuff down bottom, and, like, it's a blueprint that's been done, you know, in multiple places. There's not a lot of blueprint, and the Memphis does have one of them. They turn, you know, the pyramid into a bass pro shop. But there's not a lot of um, examples around the country of taking old, big arenas and making them into something new other than arenas that, like, are underused and lose money. You know, there's just not a lot of right. example there. Uh, Grizzlies, uh, plucky, plucky bunch last night as they uh, beat the Heat despite not having most of their starters, no Jaron, no Ja, um, no Dez, etc. Um, first, on that philosophically, J- Jeffrey, I think, made a good point earlier. He just said, if you're buying tickets to see Ja specifically, you should be mindful, or any, whatever, you should be mindful of back-to-backs. Like, as, a, you know, and most people, I don't think, if they're buying things for their seven-year-old to see Ja, necessarily think about it in that way. But that probably right. makes sense in the modern NBA, doesn't it? Like, don't buy tickets on a back-to-back. Uh, I mean, I think take that into account. I mean, right. I, I think it's hard to predict. First of all, like, what half of, which half of the back-to-back, right? It's hard. Right. I mean, 
he could have he could have not played in in Detroit and played in Memphis, and I think that would be something to question if you considered entirely elective on the front end. And maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I wonder about him coming back so soon off the turned ankle. Like right. I, I wasn't, I don't know why. I, to me, I was surprised he played that game against Sacramento before Thanksgiving. Right, like so soon. Where if he hadn't played that game, you get five days rest. I, and so, I to me, they talk about the Zaire Williams thing. We're trying to keep them off of it to get it behind us. And it seems like to me, playing job may cause it to linger. I don't know. And so we'll see about that. But like, you know, people want the players to be robots and they're just not robots. They're not your fantasy basketball team. Like guys get hurt, guys get banged up. Teams make the decisions they think are in the best, the best for the health of the players and the the long-term success of the team. And to me, there's a real question about the length of the season. And to me, that's where the real question is. It's, you know, the NBA doesn't want to shorten the season because they might make less money, and no one ever makes wants to make one cent less money, even if you're making a lot of money. And and I, I do think – I'm not someone who's a proponent for drastically reducing the season, but I, I think reducing the season – you know, reducing the season enough to, to completely eliminate back-to-back games, which would be cutting, you know, 10 games right. or 12 games or whatever, to me that seems like an obvious thing to do. No, and I, I don't think any – you know, real uh, uh, any Grizzly fan aware of the big picture begrudges them uh, doing what they did last night, and I think, in fact, would support them. The goal here is to be healthy in right. the postseason. That's the goal. And you've been asking Ja about wearing the high tops and whatever else for a week now, you know, like whether he's diminished by it. So I certainly don't begrudge them that. And there's no question that the biggest issue is the length of the season that necessitates them doing that. That it was because because of the length of the season and the way it's structured, that it only makes sense to do it. In terms of the injury report uh, yesterday, there was good news uh, among the the uh, doubtfuls, and that is because Zaire Williams is now doubtful. So you imagine we'll see him sooner rather than later. Yeah, I mean, you're, when you look at all that happened last night, you know that Jared was just like, what is what it was. It's an injury right. maintenance thing, and Taylor Jenkins said, we don't, we hope it, we're not doing this all season, but we're doing it right now in terms of setting him on the back-to-backs. The jaw thing seemed to be a little bit of a flare up in the soreness. You hope, you know, that that's not that he'll be back the next game. Um, you know, and the other stuff seems e- either minor or inflicting minor players in the case of Jake Laravia. And so, like the good news of a, of a Zaire Williams upgrade is more meaningful in the big picture than the bad news of all the individual players in the game last night. Uh, hasn't been a great year for Tyus. Obviously, a really good game for. Tyus. I mean, that, that may have been the best game he's ever played, certainly on the short list. He so was, that was a good night to have it. He was tremendous, yeah. And uh, I don't know how what you know it spills over into his normal role or not, but that was certainly good to see. Um, because I was sort of arguing that of, of, of all the things that you wanted to see, if you want the, the Grizzlies to have a long playoff run, the one thing that we haven't had, honestly, Zaire Williams – you know, we wanted him to take a jump, and we ha- he hasn't been able to. Like that, that's been a, a negative for this season. And then Tyus is sort of regression, right? I mean, those have been. There's yeah, not I been mean, much that's negative. I think it's been partly. First of all, Tyus had his best season of his career last season, so right. it's not like you know, for him to not be as good as last season to me is like probably to be expected. Right. Um, it's been partly his. He's been down a little bit relative to last season. I think a lot of it has been that. He's been in lineups that have struggled more than last season because of the youth in right. the lineups and the, you know not as much chemistry and all of that. And so I think it's been a little bit of both. Um, you know, Ty Jones is a really good backup point guard, and and 
I think to expect last season when the Grizzlies went 21-4 without John Morant was not something you should expect to ever be repeated. Um, before last night, they were 0-3 without Morant. They're now 1-3. Right. Um, I'm going to vote that, you know, whatever your opinion is about the reality of the Grizzlies' depth, it's probably best not to test that theory. Let's, let's not miss <laughs> 25 games of John Moran and find out this season. Um, we continue to – it feels like every time Kennedy Chandler gets a, a chance, um, he he's kind of impressive. And um, I, think, I, think, I think that Chandler has acquitted himself very well this season – in the in the opportunities he's gotten relative to what he is, which is like I think he's maybe twenty, nineteen or twenty, but he's a young rookie, second round pick, small guard. Um, that's a lot of strikes against you, especially as a rookie. And I feel I, I, I as someone who has been a skeptic of him, and I think skepticism is sort of a natural position unless you put a, a Memphis thumb on the scale. I've been I've been quite impressed with with the, the way the way he has handled the the opportunities he's gotten. Totally unfair question. Kennedy Chandler, of the five rookies, right? Who's going to make the most money in the NBA over the next 15 years? That's a really interesting and hard question right now because, I mean, LaRavia is the highest drafted guy. I think LaRavia has the purest combo of size and skill set. If you try to imagine a 10-year NBA career, right. the 6'8 guy who's a pure shooter seems like the safest bet on the board pretty easily. Um, I think Lofton, in terms of individual skill sets, I think Lofton's scoring ability, scoring, rebounding ability is the highest ceiling like individual skill of any of the five players, but he also has a long way to go on other factors. Um, I mean, I, I would probably put those two and Roddy ahead of Chandler and um, Williams, certainly. I just think Kennedy Chandler... Isn't he going to be a backup think, in this league think, for the next twelve backup. years? The question yeah. is, yeah. is he going to be? Uh, you have a couple, a couple years in the NBA, and that's cool. And now you go about your business in Europe, or is it going to be like I'm Tyus Jones and I'm in the NBA for ten years, mostly as a backup point guard? It could go either way. I, I think the latter would be a terrific outcome for him, and it, it very, very possible. But I don't. I have a hard time seeing him ever being a starter. Just given his size, I think it's really hard at six foot to be an NBA starter for more than a year or so in like special situations. Times have changed. What was Brevin Knight? How long was Brevin Knight's career? Little, little. Yeah, yeah, that different era. I mean, I, right. I think, and we'll see what kind of shooter Chandler ends up being. So, you know, he hit a nice like spot up deep three last night, but I think it's very unknown what kind of shooter he's going to be. I don't think Brett, whatever, if Brett is listening, I'm sorry, I love Brett. <laughs> whatever his number of career starts was in the league, if he came into the league today, I don't think he'd hit that number. Interesting. All right, Chris, appreciate it. Thanks. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. 
Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.